Got to stay up and maybe there. Yeah, there we go. Here is what we call the padded room. My name is Darian. I do all the talking, okay? You guys just drive your cars or go for your walks or whatever you do. And uh, I'll talk a lot about horror movies and uh, problems that I'm having in my life and other shit that you probably don't want to hear about. It's the padded room, motherfuckers. My name is Darian. I'm back for another week. It's just me again. Sorry about that. Uh, I think, I think, don't hold me to this, but I might have somebody in here next week. Don't, don't hey, don't get your hopes up. And it may be um, somebody that you know. I'll just leave it at that. So think about that. I'm not going to say anything more. I don't want to, if I feel like if I talk any more about it, I'm going to jinx it. It's going to blow up in my face. But I've been in communication with individuals and they have expressed interest about a certain film that is on uh, Carter Burke's list for next month. And I think maybe we might be able to make this happen. Don't quote, I could piss them off very easily. I could easily piss them off and they could say, fuck that and you and your stupid podcast and just forget the whole thing. Uh, I'm known to do that. So that's also a possibility. What's going on with you guys, man? I had a uh, pretty boring week, actually. Not a whole lot going on over here. Um, yeah, work. We got snow last night. Uh, two for two. The last two nights is what I'm saying. Uh, not much. It usually melts all away by lunchtime. But still, when you're, you're like me and you got to get up at four o'clock in the motherfucking morning to be at work by six. It makes for an interesting drive, you know. All the rest of the hungover a holes are. Uh, driving at the speed of snot, and uh, you know, it's the roads are a little slick in the morning. I will say that. All right, enough about me prattling on. I've got horror stuff to talk about here, boys. I got uh, horror news, listener mail. I got a animated movie. I'm going to tell you all about this week. Finally, we are we are finally done with Resident Evil, dudes. It's been two fucking months. That we've spent in Raccoon City. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I know uh, so a lot of you guys may have been nostalgic for the old Resident Evil Mia Jovovich movies. I think I've... Uh, I, Tony, for example, has hung out with me the whole time. <sighs> don't watch... I'll, I'll just say don't watch him again is what I'm saying. That's my, my final analysis on that. Uh, how about some horror news to get us started? That sound good? Yeah, why not? Let's do that. 
<laughs> Horror news. Yeah, buddy. Um, here's something that I don't just quite know how to feel about. So, some of you guys that are about my age may remember in the mid '80s there was a huge Nightmare on Elm Street craze. You remember that we saw. Uh, Freddy Krueger, every time we opened our fucking eyeballs, he was on MTV for a minute. Um, <clears throat> I had his own product line of fashion and stuff. Roundabout Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is when that really broke. Uh, but for a while, for a hot minute, he had his own... Freddy Krueger, Robert England, uh, per se, had his own anthology series on network television called Freddy's Nightmares. Now... Um, it was ba- it was an anthology series, but kind of like Tales from the Crypt. They would just kind of shoehorn Robert England into it. Uh, really, the only one that had anything to do with Freddy Krueger or Elm Street or anything was the uh, pilot, which was actually pretty dope. <coughs> Excuse me. That was the. Um, it was directed by Toby Hooper, and it was like an, a Freddy a Freddy Krueger origin story. So it was like. Uh, the trial, him being released, him being tracked down by the parents, all that fun stuff. The reason I bring this whole fucking thing up is because Freddy's Nightmares uh, is now on Screenbox, the entire series. So if you want to check that out, go right ahead. Now, if, you, if some of you guys might remember, back into in the, the annals of Padded Room history, I, we used to have a guest star on this show for uh, a couple of months named Julie Holverson who was, I think she still is actually, on another podcast called 19 Nocturne. And she would come in every week and review another episode of Freddy's Nightmares because she had somehow uh, scavenged up a bunch of VHS tapes that she had taped them on or something. So she would come on every week and talk about them. And I got to tell you, man, they didn't sound good. They sounded like uh, basically Tales from the Crypt episodes with Freddy Krueger shoehorned in there. Really, he would just like come in and out with the commercials and then that was it. So, anyway, if you're interested in checking it out, the whole goddamn thing is on Screenbox as we speak. Also, uh, I guess about three, four months ago, I talked about a video game called Omen of Sorrow. It is a uh, fighting game. Uh, basically, it, it's... Uh, I went ahead and downloaded it. It's it's all right. I will say it's all right. Um, it is... Do you remember Darkstalkers? Remember that game? It was a Capcom game. And it was basically a, a same same premise fighting game, um, except in, instead of a bunch of ninjas and karate experts, you had like a vampire, a werewolf, a mummy, a uh, fucking I don't know some chick with wings coming out of her head. I don't even know what her. I think she was supposed to be a succubus, but she had wings coming out of her head. I don't know what that means. Uh, this is basically the same concept, just not as cartoony. <clears throat> not that I was ever mad at Dark Stalkers, but those Capcom fighting games, the Street Fighters and the uh, Marvel versus Capcom and all that shit, they're very difficult to play. Uh, Omen of Sorrows, uh, slight, it's more in the vein of Mortal Kombat, but the same concept. Fighting game, uh, werewolf, vampire, uh, Eliz- Elizabeth Bathory is one of the playable fighters. Um, uh I think there's a mummy in there. I think I downloaded it. I played it like three times. It's now going to PS5 and Nintendo Switch. So 
This thing is gaining some speed. I've got to finish the fucking thing is what i got to do. I can't because every time I turn my PlayStation on, I just see the uh, Dead by Daylight thing pop up and I just go there instead. So i got to buckle down and get that done. Uh, It looks like Jamie Lee Curtis has wrapped filming on Halloween Ends. And this, I know she said it before. (laughs) This time, she says this is officially the end of her and Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise. But she said that uh, before, and then she came back for Halloween Resurrection. And, uh, you know, they're always saying that. Bruce Campbell said he was never going to play Ash again. But I'd be willing to bet that with the right price tag attached, we could get him to put a chainsaw back on his hand. And I'm sure we could get uh, Miss Lee Curtis to uh, don the Laurie Strode, I don't know, denim shirt or whatever. Whatever whatever says Laurie Strode to you. Uh, Speaking of Halloween and things like that, John Carpenter has expressed interest in possibly making a sequel to The Thing. Oh, shit, man. I I feel like we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment with that. Reading that, I got a little bit of a boner. Um, I was not mad at that Thing prequel from 2011 with, uh, what's her name, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. (coughs) But... um, I don't know, man. Did you guys watch the... I think The Ward, right, was the last movie that he made. It wasn't that good. That was 2009-ish. It wasn't that fucking good. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, if we had to have a Thing sequel, you got you probably got to have John Carpenter on board. I don't know what, I don't know what you do with it or where you take it or how you uh, not piss every single horror fan off almost immediately because... That's really where you're headed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, what are you, you going to take take the thing to the hood? Take it to outer space? What, what are you thinking here, uh, Johnny? <laughs> uh, lastly, this is kind of exciting, I think. Activision is planning a Call of Duty Warzone crossover with, you're thinking zombies, but it's not, King Kong and Godzilla. I don't understand how that would work because, I mean, you guys have played Call of Duty in one form or another. First-person shooters, really, if you introduce those two, it's just going to be a giant foot and then your screen's going to go black, right? I mean, you're not going to kill Godzilla or King Kong, right? Not with an MP5. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, it w- I guess it would be kind of cool because, like, as long as the foot doesn't land on you or the tail or whatever or the building that they just uh, trampled over, then maybe, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with this. It sounds good. Um, I'm not a Call of Duty uh, player myself. I play some first-person shooters, which is what is kind of confusing to me about this and how this is exact exactly going to... Unless they have some kind of a mod where you can be Godzilla or King Kong, I don't see how this uh, is going to gain that much traction. I don't know. Maybe they'll make it work somehow. Um, I'll reserve judgment, I suppose. In the meantime, that's it on the horror news, my friends. How about a little listener mail?
listener mail. Uh, yes, you may, actually, uh, listener mail. It is now time to vote, my friends, on the Terra Dome Championship. We have the motherfucking tomato versus Pyramid Head. Uh, I do have some emails here and some voicemails. All kinds of fun stuff happening over here. Let me just pull this up. Uh, let's start things off with the emails. Uh, all the way over in Sydney, Australia. Here comes Tim. It's the Horror for Dummies show. You know it. You love it. I'm not going to shove it down your throat again, but I will tell you, there is another show on this network. It's called Horror for Dummies. It's these two knuckleheads out of Australia. Uh, Tim and Luffy. Love those two guys. Check it out. Give them a chance. All right? If nothing else, uh, the accent is sexy. And don't act like it's not. You know it is. All right, here he goes. Hey, guys, how's everything going? Hope all is well and maybe someone else is in. No, (laughs) no, it is. No, 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 Tim. Nobody else here. Just me. Terra Dome, you thought I'd forget to write in, but no, I'll never abandon a little tomato. Yeah, I figured that. I'm picking the tomato to win this whole goddamn thing. Sorry, Darian, but also not sorry. That's it for me this week. Much love to you all, Tim. Two for the tomato. Of course, Tim. Son of a bitch. There will be no tomatoes in the fucking team's division, my friends. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done writing about tomatoes. Uh, let's get over to uh, Tokyo, Japan. Here comes Kevin. Subject line votes. Hey, Padded Room crew. For the finale, I'm voting for the killer tomato. Who knew this underdog would come so far? This is all your fault, Kevin. I'm putting you down for the tomato. Uh, you're the one that put the tomato in the pterodome. And now... I'm writing about tomatoes. Shit. <laughs> it's actually as much as as much moaning and groaning about it as I do. I'm actually glad it's in there because it's kind of forcing me to wrap my head around the concept. It's making me flex some muscles in the writing department that I usually don't have to. Uh, from Parts Unknown, out on the open road, here comes Freddy. Subject line, take two. Hey, folks, hope you're doing well. I'm still voting for the tomato this week. You fucking asshole. (laughs) All right, it's a blowout. Yep. Uh, For teams, can I get a pack of lichens? Underworld, not Twilight. LOL. Yes, you may. Freddy, let me put you down for werewolves. Werewolves for Freddy. Okay, you're locked in there, Freddy. Um, to answer your question, my rig basically has what a college dorm room would have, minus the bathroom. I have a fridge, microwave, small electrical electrical appliances, TV, PS4, laptop, and a comfortable bed. I usually shut down for the night at a truck stop, so I usually have access to a free shower and bathrooms. It's pretty much a very small moving apartment. Stay, stay safe out there. Cheers, Freddy. I always wondered what was in the back of those things, those little sleeping areas that they have. That, uh, tr- uh, for those of you that don't know, Freddie's a truck driver. Uh, he's got, a pr- from the sounds of it, he's got like a little bachelor pad there, right in the little uh, cabin, apartment, whatever you whatever you want to call that. That's very cool, Freddie. Uh, let's see here. Let's get over to jolly old England. London town. Here comes the horror slut. Cat is in the house. Oh, I got to download this message. Subject line, actual vote. 
Evening, gent or gents. I'm glad I wasn't the only one confused on the voting. Hee hee. Still voting for Pyramid Head this week. And looking forward to the team competition. Educate is Black Coat's daughter. Yes, ma'am. You got me. Cat always gets it, man. She is sharp with this horror stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. That is a criminally underrated movie, in my humble opinion. Cat, I hope you... I, 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 did, well, let me finish your email. I'll get back to Black Coast Daughter in a moment. I rather enjoyed that movie. Time to get my shift started. Have a wonderful week. Stay healthy, Cat. Beautiful. Thanks, Cat. Criminally underrated, uh, the Black Coast Daughter, in my humble opinion. Um, Kieran Shipka... Uh, this crit, just the atmosphere of that. If you haven't seen it, check out the Black Coat's Daughter. It's a weird, very violent, uh, bloody, uh, kind of a girl's possess. Pose- uh, not really possession, but yeah, I can't even explain it. You just got to check it out. Um, right on, Cat. Thanks for writing in. Your votes are locked in for the Pyramid Head. Here comes from beautiful Southern California. Tony's in the house. Subject line, Pyramid Head, final answer. I'm going to put you down right now, Tony, before I even read your email. Look at that. Greetings, padded room. For the Terra Dome, I will take Pyramid Head for the final matchup. And for the team's competition, I will take the rabbits from the upcoming Night of the Lepus movie. I will write about uh, rabbits there, Tony, and I'm going to put you in right now. For motherfucking uh, rapid, uh, ra- rabid, rabbits, rabbits, rabbits for Tony, locked in, big guy. Uh, what else you got here? Uh, Lepus movie, as for the Resident Evil Degeneration, I found this to be okay. 2008 CGI is a bit clunky in parts, but is spot on for the Resident Evil games on the time. The voice actors for the minor characters are sometimes rough, but again, as to be expected. It's a decent movie that fills in the holes between games. I don't know that many people will fully grasp what is going on without playing the games, though. Other movies I have checked out this week are as follows. The Headhunter. I found it on Shudder. It's worth watching. A medieval Skyrim-looking guy hunts monsters for the nearby kingdom. I liked Headhunter... Um, I just wish we could have seen him actually kill something because you don't get to see that all you get to see is him leave, come back with a head of a monster and then leave and come back with another one. And then eventually you find out one of the monster heads is, well, there's a whole thing there, but, uh, I'm not too, I'm not too mad at that either there. Uh, Tony super deep again on shutter. If the last of us video game had a origins movie, this would fit. Surprisingly not bad for a Russian horror movie. I started that one. I never got around to finishing it there, Tony. Mayhem, Samara Weaving is pretty hot. Um, I agree with you there about Samara Weaving. Um, Mayhem is like a lighthearted version of the Belko experiment with uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead. Uh, Blood Quantum, also on Shudder. Zombie outbreak, but a tribe of Native Americans are immune. It is up and down. Apparently, it is full of Native American history. It's worth watching once. Never got around to that one, buddy. The Beach House. It is the bay with a much smaller cast. I really like The Beach House. Um, It is like a cologne commercial made into a horror movie. But it's it's got a pretty solid Lovecraftian storyline, I'll tell you that. 
And it's definitely worth a watch. I bought it on Blu-ray because I, I thought it was a pretty good show. And it has Andy from Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead in it. I also finished all of us. He's talking about Jake Weber. That just occurred to me. Um, he's put on a few pounds. I like Jake Weber. He's been in some good horror flicks. Uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. There's another one called Wendigo, which is, the title is very misleading. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Dawn of the Dead in it. I also finished All of Us Are Dead. I get distracted by the Korean high school drama, but the zombies are a good watch. Last, I also started watching The Legend of Vox Machina. It's not horror. It's an animated show on Amazon that is like the show Invincible, Invincible, but instead of superheroes, it's Dungeons & Dragons fantasy. Anyways, until next time, Tony, beautiful tone. Thanks for writing in, bud. Uh, Let's get right back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes uh, the cowboy. Subject line, picking movies. Uh, evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Don't have much tonight, but been playing in the ice and snow the last two days. You and me both there, cowboy. It's, it's a hoot. Educate the black coat's daughter. I really dug the movie. Me too. It's worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Terra Dome. I'll keep my vote for the tomato. You fucker. All right. Fine. Cowboy, if you want the fucking tomato, it's fine. Uh, for the tomato, I beat... What? Uh, Teradome, I came over for the tomato. It beat my girl, so I'll give it my vote. Ha ha. No real logic, as it doesn't really stand a chance. I will take the Brides of Dracula for my team pick and stick with Bring Sexy to the Teradome. Very cool. I'm down for another mug and shirt. I'll text you later about that, and I better not get skimped on the porn this time. <laughs> So, yeah, in case you forgot, inmates, whenever anybody contributes to the Patreon account, they get, for $5, control of our movies for one month, plus a padded room travel mug, plus a padded room t-shirt. And on top of that, I usually don't remind you of this, but I'm doing it right now, Uh, if I'm mailing it to you, I'm going to stick as much hardcore pornography into that box as I can fit. Um, Tom Hardy got some, I, Cooper, I sent a huge box to, cause I ran out of boxes and I only had big ones. He got himself quite a bit of porno <laughs> and I hope he enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, Coop, cause there's plenty more where that came from. Fucking Monica, uh, like three years ago, just showed up at my house with a flatbed truck full of porno and it's still all in my garage. So... I don't want to just like use it as coasters or anything, right? I gotta, I gotta do something with it. I've already perused it all and taken out the ones that I wanted, so there's that. Uh, the rest goes to you people. And unfortunately, since uh, Cowboy was lives here in Reno, I was able to hook up with him and just hand him a shirt and a mug. He got skimped on the porno last time. Will not happen again, Cowboy. You might get all of the rest of the porno. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh now on now in honor of our new Terradome champion, I have already started picking movies for April. First movie will be Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. You haven't covered it yet, I checked. Haha. I'll get you the full list soon and expect plenty of food movies. I know I'm an ass. Haha. 
I did get to watch the new Texas Chainsaw movie. Uh, ignoring plot holes, I really had fun with it. Just a good, gory, turn-your-brain-off movie. I did get a little Dead by Daylight in this week since I got new controllers, and damn, I'm out of practice. I'll be working on that, though. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. P.S. Enjoy the movie cover below. He sent me a little gif of uh, the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes movie poster. All right, cowboy. You funny fucking guy, yeah. Let me see if anybody got junked this week. I'm sure it happened. Oh, all the way from Houston, Texas. It's our main man, Lance, with the Horror Returns podcast. Subject line, tomato triumphant. Oh, fuck fucking Lance. (laughs) If I know Lance, he's going to have a long-winded story about how the tomato would beat Pyramid Head. But all right, here we go. Here we go, Lance. You want it? Well, inmates, since this is the big one, the Super Bowl of Terror Dome, if you will, I had to chime in. This one's pretty easy. The tomato defeats Pyramid Head by simply reproducing, while Pyramid Head is a frightening and intimidating creature that will always be strength in numbers. The tomato carries out his evil plan of world domination by calling upon all of his brethren, living and dead. Pyramid Head is overcome quickly by jars of flying pasta sauce, Pizza's whizzing through the air, and yes, of course, he gets pelted vaudeville style by all the live tomatoes in the area. The whole thing takes about 10 seconds, and the tomato wins one of the easiest victories in the history of the Terror Dome. Love the show, and although it gets hard to find time to write in, I'm always listening, Darian. Thanks for for going strong week in and week out. Buddy and Monica, get on it, guys. The show is always more fun with a group. As always... It's your big fan and padded room groupie, Lance from Texas. All right, Lance, you got your fucking tomato, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Thanks for writing in, my man. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out the Horror Returns, check them out. I pop up on there uh, once or twice uh, a year or so. Uh, Other guys, other podcasts, everybody's on the Horror Returns. You might as well check them out. You're going to love that shit. Uh, let's get back up to Baltimore, Maryland. Here comes Crackhouse Matt, of all people. Long time, Matt. Subject line, I hate tomatoes. Hey there, TPR, though most likely just Arian. I couldn't let this Terradome championship go by without at least trying to knock out the goddamn tomato. So might as go, my vote is going to Pyramid Head. He'd leave nothing left on the tomato but a ketchup stain. He doesn't even need his sword. He could just run at the tomato head first, juggernaut style, and impale the goddamn thing like he's making a kebab. I'd take Pyramid Head over an entire team of tomatoes. I think you get my point. I think I do, Matt. I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's two more for uh, Pyramid Head. Also, for educating Darian, you are the Black Coat's daughter. I can't decide if I think Kiernan Shipka is attractive or not, but either way, it's a pretty good show. Slow burn of a movie. James Remar is basically Eric Roberts 2.0. I wouldn't go that far, um, Matt. James Remar is... he Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he's been in... He's, he's been in better movies than Eric Roberts, all right? Uh, the Eric Roberts will show up in, uh, your, your brother's kid's birthday. (laughs) I don't think you even have to pay him. He'll just show up and be like, hi, Eric Roberts. How are you? 
you know what I mean? Uh, but James Remar, like he was in Dexter, he was in uh, Black Coat's Daughter, uh, The Warriors. Hunt the dude. He's been around. Unfortunately, he's never in a movie or a TV show for more than eight minutes. But you know, at least when you see him, you're like, hey. This is probably going to be a better movie than I thought it was. When Eric Roberts shows up in a movie, you're like, well, fuck this thing. (laughs) Uh, For the upcoming teams division of the Terror Dome, put me down from the creatures from A Quiet Place. Yes, you may, sir. I didn't even consider that, but I'm going to put you down right now. I didn't didn't even think about those goddamn things. What do you call those? Anyway, I'm going to call them uh, Quiet Creatures. I know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Those are going to crack house. Matt, you're locked in there, Matt. Uh, I don't think they've made an appearance yet in the Terra Dome, and I think they could do some damage. They're sort of like the nurses from Silent Hill, except faster, more vicious, armored, and not sexy. That's all I got this week. Crack house Matt out. Right on, crack house Matt. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, here he comes. Carter Burke. Shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see what he did for me this week. We have an attack. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. <laughs> no subject line, just a picture. I should probably start posting these uh, to the Facebook group. Here's one of me in uh, a saw trap, or it's the guy uh, from, I want to say Saw 3. It's the African-American guy that ran over Angus McFadden's kid. And he basically gets all of his limbs twisted in that weird contraption. Uh, it's it's uh, him with my face. Thank you very much, Carter Burke. I'm glad to see you're, you're keeping your artistic muscles uh, flexed. <laughs> I'm glad I could be your muse, Carter Burke. I feel like something about my face inspires you to photoshop me into these bizarro situations my favorite though uh mr burke um i think is still anal horny teenage babysitters five that was i think that was your crowning achievement so far uh go fuck yourself carter burke (laughs) what's let's see what we got on the voicemail line here all righty let's start things off down in Funky old Alabama. Here comes Mr. Allen of the Cha Cha. Padded room. What's up? What's Hope up, everybody's Alan? Everybody's doing good. Um, Teradome, give me fear me ahead. Yes, sir. Tomatoes just fucking silly. I agree. Anyway, um, Darian, you are Black Coat's daughter. Have you are correct. Nailed it, Allen. Well done. Alan usually doesn't get it, but he got it this time. I, I think maybe a lot more people have seen that movie than I uh, than I thought. Right on, Alan. Thanks for calling in, big guy. Uh, let's get over to beautiful Southern California. Here comes the man himself, Mister Tom Hardy. Hey yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerate this week? Oh, uh, it's just I me. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, me. Hopefully, you got uh, buddies made it back. Not so fast there. Let's try that again, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, yo! Padded room. My How's my favorite degenerates this week? Yeah, I'm oh, still here. Well, <laughs> hopefully, you got uh, buddies made it back in. Negative. Miss Monica, just uh, want you to know we're still thinking about, still miss you if you're even listening. Ah, uh, who knows? Anyway, um, hey, I 
wanted to say, uh, what, I kind of see what you're trying to do here, what Darren. What am I trying, trying to do? to drag out the terror dole. Me? Oh, no, no, this week, the, the votes don't count this week. I noticed you said that every time somebody voted for the champion, a.k.a. the tomato. I said that every but time. But you never mentioned that when they voted for the other guy, whomever. I mean, nobody remembers the loser. Oh, you know come what I mean? on now, Tom but, Hardy. Uh, so I, I, I kind of have this feeling you're going to try and scheme and, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, votes don't count this week until what? everybody that's voting for the tomato doesn't call in. And then just, you know, <laughs> the one or two people you're telling, hey, call in, call in this that's week. That's not Tell a bad idea. i got to tell you, it's not a bad idea. Whatever. I see what you're doing, Mr. Brock. So can this, we this vote for Pyramid will not stand. Shit. Crown the champion, the tomato, and you let's move on, man. Champion of the terror dome. Hey, um. Whatever, man. You know, on, oh, on the uh, educating department. You got me. Fuck, I can't believe I didn't get Triangle last week. Yeah. I, I have seen that flick, but god damn it, this one here, I, on a positive note, I feel like I haven't seen this one, so okay. I'm kind of happier that I'm not getting it, and once you say it, if I have seen it, I'm fuck me. No. Oh, one last thing about last week. Huh. I think you played the uh, that Donka Shane music. I sure did, buddy. Um, just for you. Is it just me, or can anybody hear that? And not think of that, that Ferris scene Bueller. in the Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. I don't know what it is. Every time I hear that, that's only what I think. That's, of. that's it, the only man. thing that comes to mind. I think you're Real right. quick, uh, I wanted to get into um, hmm. the what are you looking at department. Yeah, I only got, got to catch one flick. What's that? And it was the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Um, yeah. Have you seen this flick yet, I have. man? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. Fuck, man. I don't know where to begin with this, dude. I, first off, I okay, sound happy. I'm pissed. It's, oh. it's not a good movie. It is not a good fucking movie. You don't and think so. uh I it's it's kinda to the point where I almost feel like it's it's in a Hellraiser uh Hellraiser kind of thing where it's uh. like, hey, we have to make a movie or we're gonna lose right the rights to the the character. It could be. And that's the way this fucking flip felt. It felt like it was just kind of rushed, thrown together, put something out there yeah. and that way we can retain the rights for another, you know, ten years or whatever. Okay. Sure. Uh, it's, it's bad, man. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about it because it's new. Okay. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything. And I'm gonna. I, I'm, I mean, because here's the thing, dude. I'm gonna if somebody, talk about it. If somebody called in and was saying that movie sucks, I'd still watch. It's still Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, you hated the last one too, Tom Hardy, or, or not the last one. The last, you you hated uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D, which was what 2012, I think, ish, somewhere in there. Um, r- rightfully so. It, it, I mean, I don't think it's as bad as you think it it is, but it's definitely not a good movie. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into Texas. I watched it too. Um, well, let's get to what are you looking at, and then I'll uh, I got a few words uh, about that. Tom Hardy called back. G motherfucking P Joe. G motherfucking P. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, I'm sorry. I, no, you're I'm fine. going on about this thing, but I, it really, that's how it felt to me. It's okay. Just like somebody was just trying to put something out. Um, the fucking, the plot sucks. You didn't like I the plot? I get, like, in horror movies, sometimes you need things, you need to have people do things right. for the service of the plot, you know, to get the characters in a certain... Dude, but everything, everything is just in service of getting a character to this point. So okay. Leatherface can go, blah. Uh, everything <laughs> is in service of trying to uh, jam some social fucking justice point down our throat. 
And the uh, funniest fucking okay. thing. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm not going to say much about it because I want to give everybody a chance to see it, and, sure, and like it or hate it on their own terms. Okay. But there's, there's this fucking point where the, uh, the fucking okay, the main fucking character. I know what you're going like to say at the beginning. The pipe. They, they do this right. Like, they act like total fucking assholes. And it's not like a typical horror movie thing where it's like, hey, so you're going to have fun watching them get killed, right? right yeah. I think you're supposed to like them. I think it's supposed to be really? a thing where you like what they did. But they're like, they're calling out people yeah. uh, oh, in a I, fucking place yeah. that they've never been to and saying what a dipshit this guy is. And it turns out, well, no, he's actually in the right. right. But they never even fucking come out, hey, man, you know what? I was in the wrong. My apologies. I saw it this way. I didn't see you. Whatever. And it's like, you guys are fucking assholes. What the fuck? And then they, they're trying to get the social media or, or the social justice thing of anti-firearms. And right. then what ends up saving them is fucking guns. Of course. You fucking moron. You <laughs> fuck your own point, you fucking idiot. Well, I and think then that kind of was it's the point. All right. The fucking uh, Leatherface. Yeah. He looks stupid. It doesn't... Uh, I don't mean like, like, you know, like, oh, fucking Kruger's makeup in this movie is better than his makeup in that. No, right. he looks stupid. He uh, looks like a fucking retard. He looks like an idiot. He looks like... Well, he's wearing somebody I, else's I don't know face, what, sir. what their thoughts were, what their plan was or whatever, but it just looked dumb. Okay. The whole fucking thing is stupid. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about it because I do want to call back and I don't know, a couple sure. of weeks, maybe a month or whatever, and actually kind of talk about it. Okay. And not, you know, because I want everybody to give it a chance. Because like I said, I'd watch it. You know, I, wa- I, watched, I watched it. And that's the part that pisses me off the most, I think, is this is where I personally get frustrated with sequels and and reboots and shit like that. Okay. Is it's like, fuck, man, I'm going to watch it. Cause if it's a Friday the 13th, if it's Halloween, Texas change, sure. I'm going to fucking watch it uh, no matter uh, what. We I all are. I feel like when uh, they put out something like this, they know they have a built-in audience that's going to go no matter what. Right. Uh, GP again. Um, I don't think he liked it. <laughs> he called back again, probably just as angry. Let's hear what he has to say. Okay, double GP. God damn it. Yeah, All right, no, sorry, I'm fine. really droning on on this one, but it just you know it feels like you know yes, there's the argument. Hey, you can always you still have your original. You can Correct. still go watch Texas Chainsaw anytime you want. Right. Like, and I agree. I agree with that. But I do feel like I've been, like, taken advantage of, if you will. Sure. Anyway, I, I will stop. I would like to uh, call back at another time and, and kind of get into the finer <laughs> retarded points of this movie. Okay. Absolutely. But uh, anyway, hope all is well. Love you, like family. Oh, one good thing, though. Yeah. There ain't a motherfucker running around saying, do your thing, cuz. <laughs> there ain't uh, some bitch saying, welcome, welcome to, to Texas, Texas who just fucking got there. So it does have that going for okay, you. Okay, well, we got it. that down. Anyway, that's all. Love you, last family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Um, I've got some thoughts on the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, I'll get into that in What Are You Looking At? I'm just, I've, got, I've just got some quick bullet points about... I rather enjoyed it. Um, there are some things that I would have liked to have seen... Uh, put in there that were g- wildly glanced over, and um, you know, I, well, we'll get into that. I don't want to. I don't want to step on that segment yet. But that is all we have on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy, Alan, uh, Carter Burke. Go fuck yourself, Cat. 
Thank you. Um, Freddie, Tim, Kevin, the rest of you guys. Love you guys. Cowboy, uh, hey, anytime you need some porn, I'm the guy to talk to, all right? I'll, I'll get you another uh, coffee mug and shirt if you want. I'll put the whole shit together. Leave it on your doorstep anonymously so you can be like, oh, where'd this porn come from? <laughs> so your wife or girlfriend doesn't freak out. Uh, in the meantime, my friends, I think it's time to get into a movie, an animated movie this time, shall we? Resident Evil Degeneration. Kennedy. Leon, what are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing. I'll disperse a T-virus in every populated area in the U.S. What the hell, man? I shot her point blank. There's no way I could have missed her. Shoot them in the head. Demands are already. Try not to get killed. Okay, did I? I'm gonna scrub this virus from the face of the earth. Nothing can stop it now. Yes, sir. It is Resident Evil Degeneration from 2008. Um, this one is animated, and it is uh, 2008 animation. All computer generated, by the way. It's, um, hold on now. Uh, directed by Makato Kamiya. Kamiya. Uh, written by Shaturo Suga. Stars Paul Mercier, Allison Court, and Laura Barclay. Uh, it's got an R rating. Those are all voice actors. You don't actually get to see any of those people. Um, this is... Uh, I get the feeling that this was supposed to be a video game, but I don't know. They just decided to make a fucking movie out of it instead, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Uh, because it's 2008 animation, the the style of animation is basically all PS2-level cutscenes. Uh from various video games. That's what we're looking at. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And as I recall, circa 2008, we all thought it was pretty kick-ass. So there's that. Watching it now, however, I can't help but feel like it's like going to be some kind of a porno thing. You know what I mean? All of the characters, the female characters especially, 
are uh, extraordinarily buxom, and they jiggle in ways, if you understand what I'm saying, and I think you do. Uh, I, I guess like the physics engine behind that animation was a bit uh, gratuitous or something, but they all their boobs bounce a lot more than they should, and I think their butts do too. But I wasn't I was too focused on the boobs. But uh, it's it feels like at some point somebody's going to get a blowjob or something in here, but that never happens. Um, the voice acting is pretty rough, uh, as Tony alluded to. It's on par with the video games. So there's that. And I feel like um, they were either reading from a Japanese script translated into English or maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know. It just, the voice acting is rough. I feel like certain words were emphasized when they weren't supposed to be. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, man. Um, anyway, this movie picks up seven years later after the events of Raccoon City. So we're talking 1998-ish, or give or take. Um, Raccoon City has been uh, leveled, and uh, the T-Virus has been, for the most part, contained. Uh, The Umbrella Corporation, for this storyline, has gone bankrupt and has basically been dissolved. And now we've got uh, another big pharma company, oddly enough, calling themselves Will Pharma, uh, that has developed a T-virus vaccine, uh, but under the table, they're actually working on a T-virus variation, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, we're going to pick up in a, well, actually, we're going we're gonna to pick up um, with various news reports of people protesting Will Pharma and uh, things like that, and terror attacks taking place against Will Pharma, because the general idea is that Will Pharma is up to something, but nobody can prove it. Uh, we have a senator by the name of Ron Davis, who is sent to invest. He's got like his own committee to investigate Will Pharma, and he gives them a 100% clean uh, bill of health, meaning everything is on the up and up as far as the U.S. government is concerned. Now... Because this is uh, Japanese animation, you can tell they do they do some weird things. I'm not a I'm not an anime guy. I'm not a manga guy. Um, and uh, if I was, that would you know that would certainly explain the ridiculously sized breasts. But there, there's certain little tells that you can pick up on. Let's start with uh, Senator uh, Davis here. He has these ridiculous gray. Well, first of all, he's a big fat guy, big fat old white guy. Uh, balding, comb over, expensive suit, barking orders at everybody, and he's got these uh, gray eyes. Now, if you're completely unfamiliar with Japanese animation, that's a villain. That's a bad guy, and that's uh, we need. We don't need to know anything else about Senator Davis because he's got gray eyes. He's going to be one of, if not the end all, be all bad guy of this film. Uh, so he's sent, he gives them, Will Pharma, a clean bill of health. Yes, the vaccine is looking good. Everything's peachy keen with Will Pharma. Unfortunately, another fringe group uh, that wants them better regulated is uh, staging terrorist attacks against them. This fringe group is led by a guy named Kurt Miller. That's the other thing about Japanese uh, anime. Uh, whenever they have to put an American in something, they give him like the most boring name ever. Kurt Miller, Sam Jones, Leon Kennedy. 
We know these names now, but like if somebody introduced themselves to me as Kurt Miller, I'd be like, yeah, what's your real name, you fucko? <laughs> anyway, um, Kurt Miller is also, and he's like the, the leader of this fringe group, and he's carrying out uh, terror attacks in India, which is where one of their big plants is. And now we're going to pick it up in Woodward City, I think it's called. And uh, that's where our present story is going to begin. We're going to start off in the airport as our very own Claire Redfield touches down there. She is now some kind of a consultant um, for a nonprofit group that also wants better regulation on Will Pharma. Apparently, there have been some zombie outbreaks at various testing sites, but they're usually kept quiet and swept under the rug. And Claire is some kind of a nonprofit organizer now uh to get this stuff better regulated she's there to check out the will pharma uh facility on site she's in the airport uh she meets some people uh they randomly leave their kid with claire while they run out to the car real quick which is kind of funny um the ah, god the, the the voice acting on the kids in the in this one is really rough now, I don't mind English dubbing normally, but there's, you know, you can tell. Take, take for example, um, Let the Right One In. If you watch that movie with the English dubbing on, it's going to become very clear uh, to you that the, the whoever's doing the dubbing for the bully kid is probably a 40-year-old female. And that kind of th- takes you out of the picture. And that's exactly what we have here. A little girl whose voice is probably being dubbed by a uh, 25-year-old man. So he's like, Oh, Claire, you're so much fun. Yay! And that's exactly how she sounds. And I believe she's supposed to be Middle Eastern. Uh, Anyway, big uh, protest there. Uh, Senator Davis is also at the airport. The protest is going on at the airport because he's trying to leave Woodboro or Woodland, whatever the fuck this town is. Protesters all over the place. Uh, his security team is escorting him through the airport, and uh, that's when one protester comes up, and he's like, oh, I'm a zombie, and he's holding a sign. He's got like a mask on, and he's holding a sign that says, I think human lives matter or something like that, and he's there to confront the senator, and he's acting like a zombie, but everybody's kind of freaked out for a second because zombies are real in this world. Uh, while that's going on, we're going to cut to an airplane that is taxiing around getting ready to land at this airport. And when you know it, one of the guys on said airplane uh, was a Will Pharma test subject and thus breaks into a full zombie thing right there in the airplane, uh, bites the stewardess, and then there's that. Now we cut back to the uh, airport itself. All the, uh, the security team is all over the senator. They grab this dipshit protester and take him outside. Unfortunately, as they're doing so, they spot another jackass uh, dressed up as a zombie, and he's like, Ugh. so the security team's like, all right, you jerkwad, come on, you two. Turns out this one actually is a zombie. So that one bites the TSA guy, and now we have a full-on zombie outbreak right here at the airport. <coughs> Zombies biting everybody. Zombies biting your your wife. Zombies biting your husband. Zombies biting your kids. They biting everybody up in here. Who got time for that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I had something funny there, but it, it, it did not work out. 
Um, so zombie outbreak, uh, Claire, the little girl, like one travel agent and the Senator, a couple of the security guys, uh, managed to get out of there before the zombie outbreak takes place. Um, or before it really, you know, builds any traction, but they, they hide in like a VIP lounge. Everybody else in the airport gets completely zombified. Uh, some zombie response team or the local police department, I don't know, with military enforcements, uh, surround the airport and, uh, excuse me, and like quarantine it off. So none of the zombies can get out and nobody else can get in. Great. Uh, unfortunately, while all that's going on, that plane that was in the, that was taxing around, uh, with the one zombie on it is now completely fucked and crashes into the airport and blows up a big chunk of it. Uh, good news, Claire and our senator and the rest of our survivors are safe there. Uh, bad news is fucking air, airport explosion, right? Nobody wants that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants, nobody wants to be caught in that particular uh, shit show. So uh, now, like this paramilitary group is is moving in, they bring in the expert on these things. And who is the expert? You ask. None other than the uh, emo haircutted uh, policeman from Raccoon City, possibly the sole survivor, Leon Kennedy himself. And he is just about the moodiest prick you've ever met in your life. He does a lot of staring off at things and, uh, you know, telling people that it's going to be his way or the highway and things like that. It's I, I feel like this is Japanese... Um, writers doing their best dirty harry kind of a thing you know the american cop drama where he's a rogue cop and he plays by his own rules kind of a deal uh so that it's fine it's a fucking video game movie and it's animated so who cares uh leon rolls up and he's like i'm taking over the operation unfortunately somebody else is already running the operation it's another buxom uh, young lady by the name of angela and this is her SWAT team, and they've got the situation under control. And they're like, listen, man, this is my jurisdiction. And he's like, I'm Leon Kennedy. And then they're like, whoa, that's Leon Kennedy. We better do it. He says he's got an emo haircut, and he's survived Raccoon City. So uh, they sit down in one of their tactical vehicles, and uh, they start listening to some of the 911 calls that came in. The first one they listen to is from... Claire and it came in from the VIP lounge so they're like we got to get them out of there uh Leon is like I'll take you and this big muscle guy right here there's a big muscle guy that's gonna go in with him his name is uh Greg if I remember right and Greg's like yeah let's kick some ass you know he's not gonna live the big muscle guy never lives right he's usually one of the first ones to get killed Uh, Leon is insisting that Angela himself and Greg go in alone because he he knows how to extract uh, people, I guess, but he can't do it with a big group, so just those three. Uh, They get heloed into the roof, drop down, infiltrate via some kind of a roof hatchway, I guess, drop down into an office area. And at first, there's nobody there. They're like, oh, cool, we'll just walk right through. We head to that VIP lounge. And then all the cubicles... Uh, start like the sounds coming from all the cu- cubicles and then a big zombie uh, ambush kind of thing where they all start crawling out of their cubicles and we have to shoot them. Leon told everybody going into this, 
One to the head. You got to destroy the brain. That's the only way to kill the zombies. Now, Angela got the memo. Greg was too busy chewing gum and uh, doing bicep curls or whatever he was doing. So he's just opening up on these fucking zombies and it ain't doing shit because they're all center mass. All the hits are center mass. So uh, eventually Leon's like, hey, you fucking asshole. He doesn't say that. Hey, one to the head. That's all you need. So Greg's in there with like a car five just opening up on these things. Uh, Leon has just got like a nine millimeter and he's just walking casually around shooting each one in the head. Pop. Pop, pop, like it's cool. Uh, eventually, he throws Greg up against the wall, and he's like, hey, I said one to the head, you knucklehead. And he's like, what? I shot that guy three times. He just, he just kept coming. Yeah, because you didn't shoot him in the head, fuck boy. You got to hit him in the head, like I said, on the way down. So eventually, that's how it goes. They go walking around. They like rendezvous with the uh, the survivors. Uh, here's here's <laughs> Here's a little fun part for you. Uh, the survivors are all holed up in the VIP lounge. They hear the gunshots, and the senator is like, that's our rescue. We we got to get over there to him." And then they're like, okay, somebody should go get him and tell him we're in here. So Claire's not going to go because she's, quote-unquote, watching the kid. Uh, the senator's not going to go because he's a bad guy. So they send, like, a, a lonely uh, travel agent chick out, and she's got, like, a fire extinguisher for protection. Luckily, she happens upon uh, our rescue op before, you know, she gets bit or anything. Uh, she finds Leon, takes the, the team back to the, um, what do you call the VIP lounge. Where, oh, Leon, it's you. Claire, I knew you would be involved in this somehow. And then, you know, the big reunion between Leon and Claire. They were never really an item, per se, in the video games. They were just, they actually kind of ran parallel storylines but they never really crossed paths, which is kind of weird. Um, that would be Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 3 was along the same timeline, but congruent, but with Jill Valentine. So Resident Evil 2 is Claire and Leon uh, trying to get out of the city. Resident Evil 3 is Jill trying to get out of the same city, but with Nemesis running around. And then we cut to Resident Evil 4, which is somewhere in Eastern Europe. So I imagine this movie would fit right in between 3 and 4. Because technically 2 and 3 happen at the same time, I think. I'm not the, re the Resident Evil expert that I play on TV. Uh, that being said, uh, run around, shoot a bunch of zombies, uh, get up to the upper concourse area, uh, big action sequence, some explosions and stuff. Uh, luckily, though, Leon manages to lead them right out through the, the main lobby uh, into out of the, um, the the front doors, pretty much, and everybody gets rescued safely. Uh, the little girl gets to go back to her family that is waiting for her there. Uh, the big guy, Greg, unfortunately, does get eaten by zombies, and he has to do that hero's move. You guys go ahead without me. I'm not going to make it. I'll hold them off. You guys go. No, Greg, no. And I think Angela and Greg may have been having sex at some point, but... Uh, they peel Angela off of Greg, and then Greg, of course, dies and becomes a zombie. Uh, the zombies all follow him out, but just as they make their way through the, the front doors, that's where the military forces are. So they make run through the line, and then the line opens fire on all the zombies, and then that's the end of that particular part of the movie. Now, while that's going on, once that, that is over with, we get them out safely, 
and we get like a debriefing from a doctor that works there at uh, Will Pharma. Not at the airport, but at the Will Pharma facility. Uh, he happens to be on site, and for some reason, I don't know why, uh, he's like, hey, uh, you're Claire Redfield. You're from that nonprofit group. I need to talk to you. So him and Claire start talking. In the meantime, Leon and Angela are talking to um, some other government official, and he's giving them the run, the rundown that this is probably another one of those terror attacks from Kurt Miller, the, the ruffian, <laughs> the savage Kurt Miller. So... You know, that's probably how this outbreak started, was that goddamn Kurt Miller. And this is where we find out, very conveniently, that Kurt Miller is Angela's older brother. Now, I'm not sure what's happening here, but as this conversation is taking place, we're jumping back to Kurt Miller, uh, burning down his childhood home, I think. Uh, He's in a house, and it's got a bunch of pictures of him and Angela in it and uh like his kids and then he lights it on fire and leaves which is strange i don't know i'm not sure why he did that exactly uh at the end of this conversation though angela's like you know what i know exactly where he is i'm gonna go get him and we're gonna get to the bottom of this now apparently this international terrorist kurt miller just happens to live here in hardwood city or whatever the fuck we're at because uh uh angela and leon hop in a jeep and go taking off their to uh his house unfortunately they get there as it's burning to the ground so they're like fuck where is he i don't know all right strange uh while that's going on we're going to cut back to claire and our doctor from will pharma uh dr Silverhair. <laughs> that's not his name i don't remember his name but he did have wonderfully silver hair which is another anime trademark for what is probably going to be a bad guy uh if you're paying attention so they, he's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to show you this research, and I'm going to show you that Will Pharma, Will Pharma is in the right. So let me take you to the Will Pharma facility here, and maybe we can have tea, and I could probably have sex with you when we get there. She's like, okay, yay, we'll get to the bottom of this. She hops in a car with him, and they go to this Will Pharma mega facility, which is like 30 stories with like a enclosed courtyard and all kinds of fun shit going on there. Uh, they get there, and he gives her like a virtual tour on a holographic map, and he's explaining, my office is on the top floor. Uh, testing R&D is on the fourth floor. Uh, down at the bottom is where we uh, come in and out and stuff like that. He basically walks her through the whole shit, and then they go up to his office, and he's like, I'm going to show you my research. It's going to show you that Will Pharma has a, a good vaccine for the T-virus. So he goes up there. They start pooping around. He's kind of, you know, gaslighting her a little bit. Eventually, he's like, oh, shit, my computer. I was going to show you the simulation for the the T-virus thing here. My computer is having problems. Let me go restart the server. So he leaves (coughs) the office and leaves her there alone in his office. She's, like, looking around. Now, she looks down into the courtyard, which is supposed to be about 30 floors below, but with her laser ball, laser beam eyes, she spots Kurt Miller walking out of the uh, the courtyard, like out of the main door. So she's like, oh, that's kind of weird. He's a terrorist. What's he doing here? And then the phone in his office rings. <clears throat> she answers it because I guess she's into answering other people's phones. And wouldn't you know, it's the fucking doctor that just walked out of the door. He's like, oh, 
Yeah. Hey, uh, Claire, I just saw a sketchy looking guy and he was, uh, walking around. Uh, I think he had a time bomb on him. So I followed him. So yeah, there's a time bomb in here. You got to get the fuck out of there as fast as you can. And she's like, what? (laughs) So big explosion. Kaboom. They're at the Will Pharma facility. Uh, Claire like kind of gets knocked unconscious for a minute, but then she wakes up, calls Leon and she's like, dude, uh, terror attack. Will Pharma facility. Get your ass over here. He's like, okay. So he grabs Angela and they take off to the Will Pharma facility. They get there. Places in ruin. Um, everything's falling apart. They're trying to get to Angela who makes her, or not Angela, uh, Claire. Claire makes her way to a weird security control room and she's watching, um, Claire, or not, God damn it, Angela and Chris as they're overcoming these various booby traps and shooting the occasional zombie. Uh, eventually, she looks at the security footage of uh, Kurt Miller leaving, and then it was she realized that he didn't actually leave. He just kind of went out of the courtyard. He didn't go out. He never went out of the front door. So she's like, ah, that fucking guy's still here. Uh, she calls... Uh, or gets on like an intercom thing with Leon and Angela. And she's like, hey, Kurt, that fucking terrorist guy is still here. Watch out for that. And Leon's like, hey, uh, listen, uh, just between me and you, Claire, uh, he, that's, uh, that's Angela's older brother. So if we could ixnay the errorist talk, if you know what I'm saying. She's like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, that's some weird family drama. Uh, anyway, uh, he's probably still here. He's probably probably the one that blew up the building. Uh, Doctor, what's Doctor Silverhair is dead somewhere? If you happen upon him, and if you could get me the fuck out of here, I would love that also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna come get you right now. So again, running around shooting a bunch of stuff, blowing things up, killing the occasional zombie. Uh, unfortunately, what we find out is that not only was Will Pharma working on the T virus. <clears throat> A workable vaccine. They also had a um, a uh, sample of the original T virus, which is the only one remaining and could be very valuable on the black market. Not only that, but they also had a genetically modified T virus, which they're calling the G virus, and they also have a vaccine for that. Uh, she figures all that shit out by looking at computers. So there's that. She tells uh, Leon and Angela that they need to get to the R&D lab to get those samples. Because if this place like goes up again, then the T-virus is going to be released again. Along with the G-virus, the only vaccines are here. We won't be able to get into production with that. So it'll be widespread zombies all over T-virus and G-virus zombies. They may... I don't know, maybe they'll fight each other or something, try to eat each other. That'd be cool, right? Um, anyway, they got to get that shit too and get me the fuck out of here as fast as you can, please. Yes, thank you. Well done. Uh, running around, uh, taking elevators and things. They get down to the lab. The, la- the, the viruses aren't there. They're mysteriously missing. Hey, uh, Claire, they're not here. What happened? I don't know. Let me roll the tape back. Okay. Oh, big confrontation between uh, Kurt Miller and Leon and um, Angela in the courtyard. Angela's like, hey, you motherfucker, you're a goddamn terrorist and you're my older brother. What are you doing with this shit? And he's like, I'm not a terrorist. I, uh, that, every, I'm, I'm just a peaceful protester. And every time I show up, something weird happens. And 
Will Pharma is blaming me for everything. I think they're actually staging this to hold these things so that they can show that uh, the G virus can be uh, kind of controlled and sh- shut down whenever they wanted to. And she's like, oh, well, that's horseshit. But then he injects himself and begins to mutate. Now, this is par for the course for Resident Evil. This is what the villains do. Uh, he starts mutating, turns into a big, very stupid-looking monster. Um, I don't remember seeing this customer in any of the video games, and I would be wildly disappointed if I did. Basically, he just kind of turns into a big skeleton reptile with elephantitis of very random body parts. So, of course, he has a giant eyeball popping out of his shoulder. Um, He has one giant left hand. Uh, His uh, right arm is very long and skinny and looks ridiculous. It's like it's too small for him. But too, like, long enough, but, like, all shriveled up, and he can, like, use it as a whip. Uh, He's got a tail, and anyway, they shoot the shit out of him. Eventually, he escapes up into the upper floors. Okay, so they go following him up there, (coughs) hoping that they can get a hold of the T-Virus. Now, at this point, the the building's security system puts it in lockdown, and it basically has to purge every living thing in there because, again... The T-Virus and the G-Virus are loose, and the the building security protocols kick in. The AI does, and that's how it goes down. So they follow this thing all the way up to the top. They're trying to get the goddamn vaccines. Uh, They fight the goddamn monster again. Some kind of a deal in the building where, like, the upper floors just kind of fall off and shoot down to the bottom of the courtyard. That's happening. While they're fighting, uh, Leon has to do a big parkour thing. Uh, blows a bunch of shit up. At this point, Claire finds her way down to the main lobby and out the front door. Good for her. As the senator is rolling up, um, big explosions. They kill the. They sort of kill the the monster like five times. Uh, the, the the building's upper floors seal themselves just before the big fireball catches uh, Angela and Leon, and they. Uh, I guess I guess we have to say the monster got incinerated in that because it fell just as the last platform did. It's very confusing to watch because this style of animation makes it a lot more difficult to keep track of who's doing what and where they are. All you see is like this industrial back backdrop and like um, you know Leon jump over a bunch of air conditioning units like he's on a roof, but then. He's not. He's inside a building, so it's very confusing. Uh, make a long story short, they blow up the building, kill. Uh, well, see, this is this is even weirder because they blow up the building from the inside, but on the outside of the building, the senator's helicopter touches down uh, just as Claire's running outside. Outside of the building looks pristine, and all the windows are intact. You wouldn't think anything at all was happening inside. Um. Eventually, uh, Leon and Angela make it out, and then they have like a some romantic moments where like he's holding her hand, and like they never stopped hold like let go of each other's hands. So there's that. Uh, Claire and Leon say goodbye. We get to see Angela outside of her police uniform as she's uh, walking to the now restored Will Pharma facility. And she's like, well, I guess everything's back to normal. Uh, Leon, would you like to go fishing sometime and not kill zombies? And he's like, I'd like that very much. 
<laughs> and then Claire takes off in a helicopter, and then so does Leon, and that's pretty much the end of your movie. Um, I glazed through a lot of the action sequences. They're in that an- anime style, which may in my I I know some of you guys are into anime. I can't, I can't really figure it out, especially like with the uh, flying around. You know what I'm saying? Um, makes it very difficult to keep track of who's doing what. And that's something that this uh, this one kind of suffered from a little bit. Does, I mean, the, the animation was pretty good for 2008. But like I said, the entire movie feels like a very long cutscene from a PS2 game. And I was expecting somebody to get a uh, blowjob at some point. Or at least for some boobies to pop out, because that's usually what happens in these things. Um, That's all I got on Degeneration. If you're some kind of a Resident Evil purist and you need to fully immerse yourself in the whole fucking thing, you'll want to check this out. I found it on Amazon Prime. Um, That's it, man. This is the last show of February. So that's going to be it for Resident Evil. Holy fuck, am I glad this is over with. (laughs) I may have been a bit uh, ambitious in my thinking I could do the whole franchise and maintain some level of sanity. That's it for Resident Evil, my friends. Thank you for hanging out with me through that goddamn franchise. I'm going to take a little break and come back with some other stuff, yeah?
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, boys and girls. Boys and ghouls, you recognize that song? I hope you did. That was the um, theme, the opening theme from Tales from the Crypt by our old friends over at Viking Guitar. Check them out on YouTube. They do a lot of horror movie covers. Uh, You can buy their album Dance Macabre on iTunes. That's where I picked that one up. Also on that album, we have the Metal Suspiria cover, the Metal The Thing cover. Uh, metal cover of Gravity Falls, which is that fun cartoon. Uh, Ravenous cover and Profondo Rosso, the deep red cover. Uh, maybe I'll play you a few more of those in the weeks to come. Uh, in the meantime, friends, it's time to crown a Terradome champion. Are you ready for this? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. championship all of the marbles we had pyramid head versus the fucking tomato man why we keep having to go back to the tomato i have no idea the executioner stalked the streets of silent hill looking for the would-be threat but finding nothing but darkness the school the library even the old hotel empty He wouldn't have been summoned if not for some danger, some enemy to be destroyed. As as he completes his patrol, he overlooks the edge of the smoldering coal pit. Then, with a well-timed shove to the back of the head, the demon plummets to its demise. The tomato sits motionless at the top of the pit as the sky over Silent Hill lightens and the heat subsides. With a vote of 12 to 9... Your 2021 Terradome champion is the Killer Tomato, Kevin. This is your fault, Kevin. You know who you are. (laughs) There you have it, boys. It is the Killer Tomato. Uh, Fear not, though, my friends, because the team's competition is going to kick into effect. I think I'm going to give you an extra couple of weeks to get your picks in. Why don't we shoot for... 
initial fight announcements on March the 22nd. That gives you about three more weeks to get in with your picks. Uh, the mental health hotline, of course, is area code 775-387-0275 or email me your team picks at uh, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com while you're considering your options. And there will be no more tomatoes, all right? I will not have the tomatoes in the fucking pterodome again. I can't do it, man. I'm at my wit's end with the goddamn produce. Think about that. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about what we got to watch this week, shall we? little segment we call what are you looking at what are you looking at so i watched the new texas chainsaw massacre from 2022 just hit netflix um a lot of people shitting all over it just like Tom Hardy. Um, I enjoyed it for a few reasons. Number one, there, there's some shortcomings and some plot holes, to be sure, um, and some social commentary. It's kind of it's kind of strange. I mean, horror in itself is kind of a political subgenre. You know what I mean? Like, you take your Night of the Living Dead, there's always, like, some messaging but when it doesn't go the way that we thought it would go, we tend to get really pissed off. <laughs> this this one is a little a little right leaning, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. I was okay with the left leaning Candyman reboot. That's totally fine, man. I get it. Um, what I didn't care for about this, and I felt like this could have been. Okay, so this is supposed to be a direct sequel to the original 1973 or uh, 1975 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, that being said, the only callback to it is the... Well, I guess we're going to have to sign off on Bubba Sawyer. This this iteration of Leatherface being Bubba Sawyer, number one. Number two, they tried to give Sally Hardesty the Laurie Strode treatment. I'm okay with that, but at the end of the, or at, I guess at the beginning, actually, of the first movie, it said that after Sally made it out of the house, she slipped into catatonia, meaning that she basically became a vegetable or a blubbering psychopath, not a Texas Ranger. Now, both of those things are easily fixed with some quick dialogue. Oh, you know, she once she got out of the mental hospital, she really uh, turned her life around, became a Texas Ranger. You got to acknowledge that, though, man. And we also have to acknowledge, if this is a sequel, other than naming uh, the badass chick Sally Hardesty, we have to somehow acknowledge uh, that the first movie took place. Now, they tried to shoehorn it in with some Polaroid pictures, and uh, when Sally pulls the gun on Leatherface and, you know, make, tries to get him to say the names of her friends. Um, that's about it, though, you know? So, I guess, I, I mean, I would like, I, I'm a big fan of horror lore, so to speak. I want to know the backstories. I want to know what happened in the uh, 50, 50 fucking years, man. In between these two movies, I want to know, Sally would be in her 70s, and rightfully so, the, the actress that played her appeared to be in her late 60s, um, Bubba would probably be in his 80s, 
Okay, so there's a little bit of a time stamp there. Um, I don't know, man. I liked it. It it is what I thought it would be, which is just a fucking buzzsaw and a bunch of people, unlikable characters, being thrown into it. I'm okay with that. If we can keep it on that level, that's fine. It's it's kind of a turn-your-brain-off movie, um, in my opinion. Um, I'm not nearly as mad at it as everybody else is. I rather enjoyed it for what it was, which is a fucking... Uh, psychopath with a chainsaw running around cutting people up. I could have used some more Sawyer lore. I'm a big fan of the Sawyer family, not just Leatherface, not just Bubba Sawyer. I want to know about uh, Drayton. I want to know about Nubbins. I want to know, uh, what's her name, Verna. You know, there's a lot of meat on that bone that we could have uh, explored a little bit. I know that this is supposed to be a direct sequel to the first one, so we don't have to get into that. But I still, I mean, those those characters were in the first movie, though. Well, Verna wasn't, just uh, unless you want to, that old lady in the attic, perhaps. But I, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, God, this, yeah, I kind of, I'm not mad. I liked it. I like for what it for what it was. I liked it, and I, I'm not mad at the social commentary. That that's something that we kind of have to accept as horror fans, is that we're going to get somebody else's political thoughts uh, put on us, whether we ask for them or not, whether we agree with them or not. I can watch this and be like, okay, uh, you know, you're kind of making fun of the the, the left-wingers and the, uh, you know, the snowflakes, quote-unquote. I get that. On the other hand, you watch the Candyman reboot, and it's a lot of talk about white privilege and things like that. That's kind of an accepted reality of horror. Okay. So if you're mad at the political positioning, don't be because that's something we're going to get regardless of which side of the fence you're on. So that being said, um, I, I, I gotta tell you, man, I kind of liked it. (laughs) So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you can pretend, if you can, um, there's a lot you have to pretend, um, You just have to not think about it, all right? You can't think about how old Bubba Sawyer would be. Uh, You can't think about how an orphanage would take him him in, despite the fact that he's got to be in his uh, goddamn 30s, maybe? Uh, Late 20s? Early 20s? After the events of the first movie, you got to accept the fact that, uh, you know, you're not going to get any more mention of those events other than some Polaroid pictures a weird snippet of a documentary at the very beginning of the movie with John Larroquette narrating. That's it. If you can if you can put those two items on the shelf and just take it for what it is, which is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. Okay. That if I, that being said, I rather enjoyed it. I would have liked some more Sawyer talk. Um, I would have liked to have known what happened after Sally busted out of the windshield the the window. that's it we're not going to hear anything about it so there's that all right i watched that um i also watched a movie called followed from 2018 um excuse me found footage uh social uh what do you call uh influencer i guess guy's got a youtube channel he made some kind of a deal that with a big company they'd give him two hundred fifty thousand dollars if he could get fifty thousand followers uh, by Halloween night. So to do that, he goes to a knockoff. He 
it's a fictionalized representation of the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, a bunch of weird shit happens. There is one thing that's worth mentioning here. So the Cecil Hotel, for those of you that don't know, was the site of the Elisa Lamb disappearance. Also, um, what's his name? The, the German serial killer Guntenberger stayed there for a while. Richard Ramirez lived there for a while. Um, a lot of from the uh, there's a whole documentary about it on Netflix. A lot of blood and death in this hotel. Um, very ripe with paranormal activity. But one thing that I found very interesting about this movie that is worth mentioning. Um, they do, they have like a fictionalized account of the Elisa Lam events. And for those of you that don't know, she's a tourist that went, disappeared in the Cecil hotel. They, a couple of weeks later found her body in the water tank above the building. Um, there's some secure, actual security camera footage of Elisa Lam, uh, probably an hour before she went missing, doing some very strange things in an elevator. Uh, one of the topics that they broach in this fictionalized account is something called the elevator game. Now, this is a real game that people have played and claim to have had, I don't know, supernatural, paranormal interactions. So it's a weird game. I will dig up the rules and have them for you next week. But basically, you find a um, high-rise building, like a hotel, and you get on... You, you go up and down in the elevator in a certain order. Like you go up to the fourth floor, then you go down to the second floor, then you go up to the sixth, then the fifth. It's a whole thing. And apparently at some point, uh, a woman will get on the elevator with you. This woman is a ghost or some kind of a spirit or apparition. You're not to look at her directly. You're not to acknowledge her. And at a certain point, the woman will ask you where you're going. You do not answer the woman. You just get off the elevator at the next stop, and that's how you play the game. It's scary as shit. People claim that it is has worked and that they've seen or at least experienced the woman. Um, and if you watch the Elisa Lam actual footage, there is some weird shit going on in that elevator. And uh, like she does like a lot of button pushing and like a weird like talking to somebody who's not there kind of a thing. Something to think about, man. Kind of, you know, got got my gears turning. The, other than that, the movie's fine. It's a found footage YouTube style uh, guys trying to get some shit done in a haunted hotel. And then just before I started this uh, podcast, I finished a movie called Dawn of the Beast, which is streaming on Shudder. Whoa, buddy, let me tell you about this bad motherfucker right here. Um, picture you would... If you would, Evil Dead um, with Bigfoot and um, a wit. Uh, I can't even really. Okay, picture a, a Bigfoot encounter in a, in a cabin in the woods, but then you bring a Wendigo into the equation and it takes on a whole Evil Dead aspect after that. On top of that, you have an abduction that takes place. Dudes. I don't want to ruin this for you, but you need to get yourself over to Shudder and check out Dawn of the Beast. I'm going to try and get the writer on this show. I don't I don't think she's replied to me yet, and I don't really expect her to, but I'm going to try and get her to come on the show because I want to pick her brain about how she came up with this fucking thing. Definitely check that out. I, I rather enjoyed it. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. How about some immersion therapy, huh?
Immersion Therapy Did you get a chance to check out Last Radio Call? It is streaming on Tubi. Um, It's not a bad show. Found footage. I'm a sucker for anything that takes place in a big abandoned building. I'm already sold. Whatever whatever's going on, I'll probably watch it. If it's some kind of found footage thing or mockumentary style like this one, that's fine. Uh, I love creepy old abandoned buildings. It's something I'm just into for some reason. Um, this one's not bad. It, it gets kind of weird towards the middle when we get into Native American spiritualism and stuff like that. Hey, it's a little weird. Anyway, uh, this uh, young lady's husband is a cop. The last call he got sent to was some kind of a disturbance at this old abandoned hospital. He goes missing. Once he goes in there to check it out, his body cam footage is recovered. And that's kind of the basis of this movie. And she is now trying to get some answers on what the fuck happened to her husband. Um, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's a pretty good show, I'd say. Um, obviously made on the cheap. If I had access to a big abandoned building like that, I think I could come up with something, you know, this one wasn't bad. I've, there's, I've definitely seen worse grave encounters. All right. Uh, your immersion for, uh, immersion therapy for this week is going to be Dawn of the Beast. Like I just mentioned, streaming on Shudder, uh, from 2021 starring Anna Shields who also wrote this thing, by the way. Check that shit out, inmates. You're gonna, I think you're going to love it. I really dug it. I think you will, too. We'll compare notes next week. But now we have to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. Who was I last week, you ask? Well, I was a uh, young lady uh, getting ready to go on my holiday vacation from my uh, girls' boarding school. Unfortunately, my parents seemed to be running late, so I better go down to the, the basement and start worshiping the boiler and I might have to sacrifice a couple of bitches to this thing, too, just to... I, I, why wouldn't you, I guess, is the real question. <laughs> I was, of, co- of course, Black Coat's daughter. That is a wildly underrated film, ladies and gentlemen. I highly recommend it. Kieran, Kieran Shipka and... Um, uh, what's her name? Emma Roberts in that one, along with James Remar. A uh, very good movie, and definitely worth checking out. Um... Uh, Kind of makes you wonder if, like, uh, you can set out to get possessed, you know? Because this chick, I think, really wanted to get possessed by the demon. And in the end, when she goes to the hospital and the demon leaves, she's like, oh, don't go. And then he just kind of walks out. So it's, it's definitely worth checking out. Very, very cool movie. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am a... Um, I guess I'm a bit of a fucking pretentious prick, really. And I'm at a dinner party with a bunch of other pretentious pricks. And uh, I don't know, man. Something ain't right. Uh, My ex-girlfriend is here, and she brought her new boyfriend. And 
I kind of feel like I should... Whoa, 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 what is it? There's a meteor flying by and all the lights went out all of a sudden? Wait a minute. Is it just me or is the exact same dinner party with the exact same people happening about three doors down? Am I really me or am I the other me? Or is that the real me and I'm the other me? How many real me's are there and how many... Uh, can I, wait, can I have a threesome with my wife and the other real wife? If so, then I need to figure that out. What if, what if the other dinner party is looking to invade our dinner party and possibly kill us? Only way we're going to get to get the bottom of this is to break out some uh, glow sticks, I think, is the best way to do it. Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week and I'll fill you in. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week, guys. Tune in next week for Night of the Lepus from 1972. Talking about rabbits. <laughs> Courtesy of Carter Burke on the Patreon uh, uh, campaign. Um, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps out my visibility quite a bit. Uh, I might have somebody in here next week, but I'm not going to... Uh, don't get your hopes up, man, because people have told me they're coming in before and then they just don't show up and then I'm fucked and here I am anyway. So... Uh, might have somebody in. Thank you again for listening. For Buddy in Absentia, Monica in Absentia, Rabid Rabbits, Killer Rabbits, uh, Killer Tomatoes. Who do you think would win in a fight between Killer Tomatoes and Killer Rabbits? It'd have to be the rabbits, right? Rabbits that eat the tomatoes. Well, if Pyramid Head can't do it, then what the fuck is a rabbit going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the reigning Terradome champion, which is now a Killer Tomato. Uh, fucking horror fighting games, uh, weird sequels that kind of don't really fit into the franchise and other shit like that, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Over.